leftovers, or the DMV, or house cleaning, or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Andy Matfield from Three Guys Talking, and you're listening to the 4D Podcast Network. Welcome everybody to Hard Day Diaries. I'm your host Andy Matfield and I am so deeply tired right now. Uh, please like and subscribe and listen and rate and comment and high five uh, anyone you can on the show. Uh, you can email me at harddaydiaries at gmail.com. I'm kind of losing my voice right now so hopefully we don't have too weird of an episode. Uh, I've got some really exciting cool stuff uh, to announce coming up so check out andymanfield.com. And uh, that's going to do it for the intro. So today I have with me my friend Carolyn Blomberg. Hi. Is that my turn to talk? Yeah. Okay, hi. <laughs> hi. Hello. Hi, I'm Carolyn Blomberg. What? Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. About me? Uh, I'm a comic. I do stand-up comedy. Uh, I have done and possibly will do again in the future improv. Uh, makeup artist special effects and beauty and stuff like that extraordinaire i was gonna say that but i thought that was you, not appropriate it's a pretty cool term <laughs> you can use it extraordinaire that's up to other people to decide well i decided it thank you that's very nice it's been decided that's it's cool. on is this tape it's on digital cool, i don't cool. know what the equivalent it's is on tape. it just sounds better to it say does. it's on tape it's yeah harder i always I, say it when people like oh you're gonna film your set or you tape your set what's record is what the kids say Maybe. I don't know. I have, uh, yeah, I always say film. Tape. Like, ah, I'm going to film this real quick. Yeah, yeah. It's on tape. Whatever. Yeah, what do, what do the kids say? Hey, uh, kids, if you're listening, go ahead and uh, email in uh, harddaydiaries at gmail.com. Let us know what uh, the lingo is, the term. Do you edit this out? <laughs> no, I don't. I leave all. I used to. Really? Yeah, I used okay. to edit it. Um, but I was spending like four hours per episode yeah. or more, and I, it just felt like it lost the honesty. I understand that. Don't so. want to be choicy. Exactly. I get it. So now I just die on the mic every now and then. I get it. Um, we should probably get to it then. Yeah. So edit all the. What are, What are you going to talk about? Uh, I'm going to talk about my uh, difficult summer that I had this past year, from about June, June, July, August. It was pretty terrible for me. Um, uh, I have struggled with depression and anxiety and stuff since high school, and. I didn't realize, I think I thought I had it all kind of figured out. I thought 
because I, I had a job. <laughs> this makes me sound like I'm just like, I'm homeless now. I'm not. Um, but I had a job. I had a good job. And I was like finally starting to kind of like myself and think I had stuff to offer people. And then it all just came crashing down in June and July because of my anxiety. Yeah. And uh, it started and I don't want to like, like there are multiple facts factors to it because the job that I had uh I was working at a long-term acute care hospital as a nursing assistant and it was super sad it was just like these patients who were very very sick from you know paralyzed newly paralyzed to like horrible infections that were killing them essentially and they were there for months at a time and it was just and I worked the night shift too, so oh, it was 11 p.m. to 7 a.m., no. which is terrible for your mental health. Yep. Um, but going to work, it was like eight-hour-long sad movies with no plot. <laughs> it was just like sadness for eight hours. Yeah. And it takes it out of you real fast. Oh my god, it was just. And my job was dirty. Like I had to clean you know, humans and it's yeah. humans are gross, especially when they're really sick. So. Especially when they can't take even the basic care of themselves. Right, exactly. So it was just wearing on me the hours and the job itself. And, uh, and I had started seeing somebody that I was really stoked about, but I hadn't been primed for dating. Like I hadn't dated and I hadn't dated somebody that I was really interested in for like two years. And so I found this person who was so cool and he's still really cool I'm sure I haven't talked to him but uh we just got along really well and I thought I was totally ready for a relationship I had it all figured out but I hadn't I hadn't like dealt with some stuff from past relationships that I think I'd stuffed down a little bit and hadn't looked at in two years so I got really anxious about the relationship and it wasn't really anything he was doing. It was just like, oh, he's going to dump me any minute. I'm not good enough. It's insecure crap that's in no way attractive. The voice got really loud. I got so loud. I was I got so anxious. I lost 25 pounds because I couldn't eat. Wow. And it wasn't only like I don't want it to sound like it's only because of this guy. You know, it was just a combination of compounding factors. Yeah. This job and uh, my best friend was moving to Denver and she was like, I I'm one of those people who has like a couple close friends. I don't have like a crew, you know? So her leaving was going to be awful. And I was preparing myself for that. And yeah. And then dating again. So, and it would have happened with like any dude that I dated. Like it wasn't this guy. And, uh, so I got super anxious. And when I get anxious, I just can't eat. I just get nauseous. So I lost like 25 pounds. And um, he wound up breaking up with me because of the anxiety, which is totally understandable. I mm-hmm. would have done it too. It, would, it was not sustainable at all, yeah. you know. Well, and it's hard. Uh, well, you like when someone has anxiety. I dated someone who had really bad anxiety, and yeah, always having to account for her anxiety gave mm-hmm. me anxiety. Yeah, and it became this. Okay, if you're not going to do anything to treat your anxiety, I can't also do this yeah like this is a lot like yeah. i wanted kids she didn't want kids so there was like sure. a lot of other factors but that one was a hard one too it's yeah. tough and i was in therapy and i was on meds but they weren't the right meds and um it just got to be too much and i totally don't blame him because we weren't officially in a relationship we were just 
dating and moving toward that. And he wasn't ready to be in a relationship. And I kind of wanted to too fast and too hard, you know? Yeah, you wanted to find the the relationship. I just wanted to settle down because I thought that would cure my anxiety. And it wouldn't have. Like, I know it wouldn't have. Um, But he wound up breaking up with me. And it was sort of the the, the straw that broke the mentally ill camel's back. You know, like it's, I just I, I knew it was coming and it was sort of both a relief, but also like I went from high anxiety to deep depression really fast. Oof. And on top of working the night shift, which is just so bad for you, you yeah, know, I don't recommend yeah. the night shift to anyone. Oh, I worked a night shift <sighs> at a schizophrenic's home. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. more or less what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. So, um. Here's where we get into the nitty gritty of yeah. the bad stuff. So do we want to real quick? Uh, yeah. So you said you've had anxiety and depression since high school. Yeah. Do you like remember when it triggered in or? Yeah. I, I don't think I, I like saw it as depression. I didn't know what it was, um, but my mom saw that it was definitely depression. I was getting really irritable and angry. Not like, not like high schooler necessarily like angsty to you know but we my mom and I I still feel really bad about it she took me to Montreal over the summer between junior high or junior year and senior year and I feel so bad now because she was like you know I took French for so long and she was like oh this is gonna be a great mother-daughter trip and I was just a little bitch the whole time (laughs) like I was just so irritable and like not fun to be around at all for my poor mom and I I still apologize to her and she's like it's fine you were 16 17 and I and you were depressed and so that trip kind of made her she was already in therapy and so she got me to go to her therapist which apparently is not normal to have one therapist see multiple family members yeah you want separate because then they know too much yeah yeah it wound up like take sides and stuff yeah it was kind of weird because I mean, I was a minor, so I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but um, she was seeing the therapist. I was seeing this therapist. My brother was seeing this therapist. It was like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And normally you do that as like a family Or a psychi- psychiatrist. Yeah. But still, she it was, you know. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't even about family issues. We didn't have any family issues. It was individual, you know. Anyway. Um, so, yeah, in high school, and that's when they put me on meds and I don't, I think they worked. I don't remember. Mm. There was no like bright day that I was like, everything's better. (laughs) I kind of shuffled along life, especially in college. I got really anxious and depressed because of schoolwork and, uh, money and stuff like that. And it's a lot. You're like a new adult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still a new adult. Like, yeah. I don't think I've achieved adulthood yet. Um, like, emotionally, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Or at least, like, you know, having a good bank account and all that stuff. But I don't think anyone has one of those. But another time, like, okay, I'll get into the nitty gritty and then we can backtrack yeah. maybe. Um, so he broke up with me and... I sunk into this depression and it's not the first time this type of depression has caught me. Mm. And, uh, like I had a guy who's very uh, emotionally abusive ex-boyfriend, um, maybe seven years ago. And he, after a year of dating essentially ghosted me 
which was and he with the emotional abuse like he's gaslighting me and he was you know yeah just manipulative horrible stuff and so he was the kind of guy who would isolate me from my friends so when he ghosted me i felt like i was completely alone and i sunk into this horrible depression and i lost a bunch of weight again and lost my job and because i was missing work because i was depressed and i was suicidal i had a plan and everything i didn't go through with it but i had definite i had an idea um and i should have gone to the hospital at that point and so that this situation that happened in august is reminiscent of that but like I handled it appropriately. Yeah, you saw what was happening and right. kind of addressed it as soon as you did. Yeah, yeah. Well, sooner than I had before. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so I sunk into this horrible depression. Um, I call. I don't even. I mean, it's all kind of a blur. I guess mm-hmm. I just remember. I don't know if you've ever like had your heart broken. I'm sure you have. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You ever cried at a Target because you accidentally ran into your ex <laughs> while you're buying peanut butter? <laughs> no. Oh, I have. <laughs> no, but I can see it happening. Uh, I once yeah. ran into my ex, not my ex, but my first crush ever uh, at a Walgreens while buying, uh, f- like, athlete's foot medication. Ooh. Yeah, that was fun. But you didn't cry? No. I mean, Damn. he was my first crush from, like, Strong person. elementary school. <laughs> but he was in a suit, and, like, I was real scrubbed out. It was just not... Yeah, anyway. Anyway. You're like, Um, ah, life, it's weird. ah, It's beautiful. It's like a bag floating in the wind. Anyway. um, So I was super depressed. I have amazing friends. Uh, Thankfully, I had a therapy appointment already scheduled. So he broke up with me on Tuesday night. Um, Wednesday, I woke up and I... I think I called suicide prevention because mm-hmm. I just couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. And I had never called them before. I don't know what I was expecting. And I, <laughs> and I had been thinking about, here's another thing. I had been thinking about Robin Williams and Anthony Bourdain and Kate Spade and they had all hung themselves. Yeah. And, uh, so I was thinking about that. I just watched the Robin Williams documentary and I was already depressed and like anxious and high emotion, you know? So it was already on my mind, pre pre him breaking up with me, and so this Wednesday morning I called suicide prevention and she it was thankfully I'm a com, com comic I can't talk thankfully I'm a comic and I could see how funny this was because I yeah. called and she's like okay what's going on and I just rambled on about whatever and and she wasn't talking and I understand that they're there to listen for mm-hmm. the most part. And I stopped talking and she's like, well, can you take a shower or go for a walk or something? I was like, I can't get out of bed right now. Like, I'm paralyzed right now. And she's like, well, obviously that's not working. So we're going to have to figure something out. And I was like, "Okay." You got like mean mom on the phone. She did. She got mean or stern. And I mean, what? Did it work? No, of course not. And I know. We're the try. (laughs) I know. And, uh, and she's like, okay, I'm going to have to put you on hold. We have a long wait, like we have calls backing up. And I was like, okay. So she comes back and she's like, well, are you thinking about doing it now? Or, and I was like, I guess not. And she's like, okay, well, if it's, if it, if you think about seriously doing it later, call us back. And I was like, okay, 
Thanks, but. So she was like, I have a tactic. I'll yell at you, and then I'll make you wait on hold. I know. That'll make sure you don't do it. Right. And I was, I mean, it, maybe it worked because I didn't do it. <laughs> I don't know. I guess, yeah, technically she's right. I don't know. I mean, she's a volunteer, I'm sure, and I'm whatever. But you know what? Ted Bundy also worked for a suicide prevention line, so. Really? Maybe I was talking to a serial killer. Probably That's not. interesting. I didn't maybe. know that. Yeah, interesting, huh. right? Um, anyway, I feel like I'm being really circuitous and difficult Char- to understand Char- about this. Charcuterie, charcuterous? Char- charcuterie platter. And I don't know what that word means. It's a like meat platter. Well, I know what charcuterie is. Oh, circuitous. Circuitous. I'm just going around in circles and oh. like not being straight. I'm not great at telling tip- stories. To- tiptoeing around? Maybe. You know, I, no, I think it's right now. The story is very linear. Okay, good. So you're doing, you're doing great. Okay, thanks. You're doing great. Okay, thanks. Um, okay, so called suicide prevention. Uh, that was weird and funny in a dark, horrible way. And I called my therapist and made an, uh, an emergency appointment, and thankfully she could get me in. Mm-hmm. And my friends Jen and Kristen brought me to. It was so sweet. Kristen left work early. Jen came over and they drove they drove me to my appointment and waited for me while I was in there and then drove me to Lund's afterward and bought me all kinds of like Ensure and baby food and like easy to eat easy things yeah because there was I couldn't eat you know I had no appetite and stayed with me until very late and Jen tucked me in and like locked the door behind her and everything and and then the next morning Thursday morning uh I woke up. I had already made an appointment for the next day um at like 9 a.m. So I woke up at I don't know 7:30. And I actually showered and I ate something and I got dressed and as I was always getting dressed, I just looked over and I saw a scarf laying on my like across a chair. And without even it was so robotic. It was weird. Like I got the scarf and I put it around my neck and then I put it around a doorknob. And I, just to see what it felt like is truly yeah. like, I don't know if people believe me when I say that. Like it's a gesture is what yeah. the therapist called it and not an attempt because I didn't try to kill myself. Yeah, the, the intent wasn't behind it. Right. I was yeah. just like, cause I, f- I was like, is this what Anthony Bourdain was feeling? Is this what Kate Spade and Robin Williams was feeling? And did this give them any kind of... I don't know. I don't know what exactly was going through my brain. But they were on my mind. And I... I didn't put pressure... I I put a little pressure on, Mm -hmm. but not enough to black out and not enough to make... I don't know. I was still conscious. And I stopped because I had an appointment to make. (laughs) So I I took the scarf off and I went to my appointment. And and I I mean, it scared me. Mm -hmm. So I was bawling the entire way to the therapist and I get there and I didn't tell her right away but I was obviously in a terrible state and um that day that Thursday I was supposed to fly out to Oregon for my best friend from junior high's wedding to do her makeup and to go to the wedding and I hadn't packed I hadn't thought about it like it just wasn't it was I was hours away from flying away, flying out, and yeah. I wasn't prepared. It was so far down the list, it didn't matter. Yeah, I was like, "There's no." I just didn't see it happening somehow, and I, and she gave me permission to not go. 
which is what I needed. Like, I couldn't make that decision on my own without feeling absolutely horrible. And so she said, I don't think you should go. Like, you can't function, and it's not going to work. Yeah, then you'll be even further away from your support group. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And so she gave me permission. I called my friend from the therapist's office in the appointment and told her what was going on. And she was so sweet about it. She was awesome. She didn't, you know, she just wanted me to be healthy. And I was bawling, of course. And um, so I had that taken care of. And then I called, or and then I ta- told her what I did. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you're going to have to, or we're, we're going to have to call the police. Or you're going to have to call someone to take you to the emergency department. And I knew, I knew that was happening. Like I used to be a paramedic. I was, I've been in the healthcare field. I know that's what, you know, if you say I tried to kill myself, they're going to make you go to the hospital. 72 hour lockup. Right. But it didn't wind up being 72 hours. Um, I'll get there. (laughs) Um, so I called my folks and they came and picked me up and brought me to Abbott, uh, which if anybody lives in Minneapolis and you're having a healthcare or mental health crisis, go to Abbott because they know what they're doing. They're awesome. And um, I went there and I told them what happened and they put me in this unit called the HOPE unit and it stands for something and I don't remember what it stands for, but it's not, it's not, I mean, it's locked down, but I could have left whenever I felt comfortable leaving. It was more like a, um, uh, what do you call it when they're watching you? Um, observation? Yeah, observation. Yeah. Is it the, the hospital observation psychiatric evaluation? I don't know. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like the first three are probably right. I got there. some of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of them yeah, are right. exactly. So I, I went there and um, they took my phone away and they like cut off the string to my PJ pants. And um, oh, I'm like. I thought that was a metaphor at first. <laughs> no, no, no. And I was like, oh, no, no, literal. Literally, they cut literal. the string off of my pajama pants. I don't know what kind of metaphor that would be. Um, but uh, it was perfect. It was exactly what I needed. And I was the only patient on the unit, which was amazing. I probably wouldn't have enjoyed myself as much. It's weird to enjoy yourself on a psych unit, <laughs> right? Or it's exactly what it should be. I guess so. I mean, it was, it was like I... Um, it was like I completely shut down and this is me rebooting and I, they took my phone and that was like the best thing they could have done because phones are the devil's work. (laughs) Like they're just horrible when you're in a bad place Mm -hmm. and in a good place. They're just bad. Um, and I was the only patient. So I had a nurse and a mental health associate to myself and we just colored and talked a lot and watched and watched Jumanji, which was what? cool, but also Robin Williams. So, yeah. like, he was in that game for a long time. Yeah, he was. But like also, like, years. I had been thinking about him when I gestured. Yeah. In my incident, that's what I call this whole thing is my incident. Um. But it was, yeah, it was great, and I, and I was there for that unit. You can stay there for a max of forty-eight hours, and I did. I wanted to stay as long as I could because it was doing good things for me. And they switched up my medication, and that helped immensely, like immediately. And just being isolated from everything was great. And I had all kinds of visitors in the 48 hours. Like, I really realized how many people cared about me, care about me, and what kind of support system I have. Like, my parents, obviously, not obviously, some people don't 
have folks that would come and visit them. But my parents were there. My brother and sister-in-law, aunt, Casey Flesh came and mm-hmm. visited me, which was so sweet. Casey's a great dude. Yeah, Kristen and Jen came. Um, my friend Eli came. Like, so many people. It was re- in 48 hours. Like, you don't have, you know, it was mm. awesome. That's great. It was so awesome. And so they released me after 48 hours, and I went to my folks' house, and I stayed there for a week, I think, because um, I live by myself mm-hmm. with my dog, and I just wasn't comfortable it was. It wouldn't have been a good idea to go home alone. Yeah. And um, they, so I stayed with my parents, and it was nice. It was cozy. They took care of me. They fed me. They, not like I was incapable of feeding myself, but you know, they made sure that I had food and yeah. things available to me. And um, they had in while I was in the psych unit, they signed me up for this outpatient program. Have you ever done that? Mm-mm. Have you been in the psych unit? No. Why are you doing this podcast? You don't know anything <laughs> about mental health. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I almost felt like it was a like comedy badge of honor to go to the psych unit. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I totally admire Maria Bamford. And she's so open about her mental illness and yeah. going to the psych unit many times. I was like, oh, I feel legit almost in yeah. a really fucked up romantic way, you know. Um, so they put me in this outpatient program it was monday through friday 9 a.m to 3 p.m so i couldn't work um and my parents were so cool about it they were like don't worry about your bills we'll take care of whatever needs taken care of because you need to get healthy and uh which is such a blessing like i went to this this program and so many people in it had no support system and were like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this. I don't know how I'm going to pay for rent because I'm not working right now, but I need to do this because it's this or I'm going to die, you know? So it really put a lot of things in perspective. And I'm not the kind of person who is like, oh, I shouldn't feel bad because they have it worse than me. Like, I, you know what I mean? I'm not into comparison, sad stories, but it did put, it made me appreciate my support system and everything that I have. And, um, and the program was awesome. It was group therapy, which I don't know if you've ever done that. God damn it, Matt. <laughs> Andy. <laughs> Andy Mattfield. It's my last name. It's Matt a Matt. lot. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> You're not the first one probably even today to call me Matt. Really? Yeah. All right. Four Hog called me at like 8 p.m. Dick. Or 8 p.m. 8 a.m. What were you doing? Okay. We'll get into that later. We'll, yeah. <laughs> you already know what happened last I night. I do. You it had was, a great night. It was a wild night. Yes. Now they're all curious and wondering what you're talking about. Check out my Instagram from the ninth. Yeah, yeah. there we go. I was like, uh, November ninth. Yeah. Check out the Instagram. Yeah, he had a good night. It's cool, cool yeah. night. Very cool. Anyway, so did group therapy. It was awesome. It's so cool to like talk to people who are also going through difficult times, and you can bounce stuff off each other and you know make each other feel like you're not alone because yeah. you're not alone. Um, and that was great. And as the program kept going, I was getting better and better. And I think a huge part of it was that I was so desperate to get better because I don't want to fucking deal with this anymore. Yeah. You know, and I helped so much, like straightening out my meds and everything. And one of the things at the beginning of this whole episode was, uh, when I was in my, the depths of anxiety and couldn't move. The only thing that really got me out of my head was watching documentaries about comedy 
Yeah. Yeah. So like Dying Laughing is on Hulu. I don't know if I've seen that. It's one. so good. It's like a um it's a following com it's like goes from your first time up to bombing to writing to killing it to going on the road. Interesting. Yeah, and they interview all kinds of comics like uh Seinfeld and Chris Rock are in it and then a bunch of comics I'd never heard of and up and comers like huh. Tiffany Haddish is in it. Not that she's an up and comer. She's yeah. definitely She'd been she's crushing. arrived. Yeah, she's she'd arrived. been crushing for a very long time yeah. before anyone was like, oh, yeah, she's the one from the movies. Right. Like, oh, no, she was quite, uh, crushing oh, for a no. long time. She's been doing this for a while. Um, But she was in it before she was in movies and stuff. Anyway, I recommend it. It's on Hulu. And oh, then, dear. again, on Hulu is uh, The History of Comedy, the CNN docuseries. I haven't seen that one either. It's awesome. It's like each episode is a different topic and... They have one that's specifically about mental illness, Mm -hmm. mental health in comedy. And it was, and I watched it like right after I got out of the hospital, I just found it and I was like, this is great, but also a little dangerous, like kind of a double edged sword Yeah. of being like, oh, uh, other people know what this is like, but also it's, it's romanticizing it in my head to be, to have mental health problems and be a comic. And it's like. Oh, that's they go hand in hand. Like you can't be a funny comic if you don't have a fucked up brain, right? Like that's not true. Yeah, there but are plenty of people, but they're the whimsy ones. The whimsical ones. The whimsy comics. Yeah, they're not the sad. I'm Although so I don't have much jealous sad of whimsies. Yeah. I can't yeah. do whimsy. I want to do whimsy. But like, like I do whimsy f- outside of comedy. Sure. Define whimsy. Uh, where you can just go off on a tangent about like butterflies oh. or whatever weird thing made you feel like a small child and but dance like around. Maria Bamford, I would say, is whimsical. She's got, she's got some whimsy. But she is very seriously, she has mental yeah. illness yeah. problems and she's she's so cool. Check her out. Yeah. Everyone is listening to this. Yeah, Probably Lady Dynamite. Watch that. Lady Dynamite is like. Oh, it's so good. It's perfect. It's and so fucking weird, yeah. but like great. And, and her YouTube series from back in the day, the Maria Bamford show. I have not seen that. Oh, you got to check it out. She plays all the characters. It's all, you got to check it out. Yeah. Um, that's another thing that helped me get out of this. It's just Maria Bamford stuff helped me a lot. And um, comedy, man. Yeah. First time I went on stage after I got out of the hospital, I felt the best I'd felt in months. Really? Like I felt so empowered like i had control over something i felt powerful like i was you know i was speaking and people were listening not that it was anything worth listening to maybe but it was like i don't know i felt like i had something i don't know i felt good it's like where you're seen on stage like you may not be like getting tons of laughs but you know that the crowd is like attentive yeah they're like into you yeah yeah And, and just being up there and doing like i've been doing comedy for 12 years on and off from stand-up to improv to like sketch comedy and stuff like that and i've wanted to do it since junior high because of saturday night live and doing it for the first time getting out of the hospital felt like oh this is exactly what i'm supposed to be doing like this whole situation made me feel like it took the blinders off i guess to, to like this is what i should be doing because for so long i've been searching for like, what the hell am I supposed to be doing with my life? Yeah, you what know, drives like, you or what yeah, gives you meaning? Like, what, yeah, I mean, what's gonna, what's the thing I should be doing for the rest of my life? It's not being a paramedic, you know? Yeah. It's not being a nursing assistant or a makeup artist, even. Yeah. 
but comedy like that's been the the true thing in my life forever and it really helped me get out of this horrible situation yeah and comedy has been the same for me i for a long time i struggled with not having a creative outlet Mm -hmm. and that kind of put me into depression because i felt like i wasn't doing anything like oh i'm doing a job but what am i really doing right and now it's the other side of oh this job that i do allows me to do what i really love right and even i mean i've always said like i want to do a job that makes a difference Mm -hmm. (laughs) and yet being a paramedic didn't cut it (laughs) so so but making people laugh is so great especially in these like horrible times that we're living in like objectively awful times that we're living in and to make somebody laugh and like uh like a, a week ago I did a show and one of the women from the group came my group therapy outpatient program came and I know she's been having a really difficult time uh and just awful and she came to the show and she's like that's the first time I've laughed in like a month and that's I was amazing. Like, that feels great to hear that and I'm so glad I could make her forget about her problems for 20 minutes you know yeah so yeah that's awesome comedy Comedy it's really like great. saved my life you know yeah it's changed mine yeah Just for sure for the better in a lot of ways yeah and i i mean for a long time i was like afraid of it i get intimidated by it i still do i know and it's i'm still terrified of it it is terrible oh yeah. god don't get me wrong i'm super scared of it and i <sighs> my anxiety and depression is not gone by any means especially in this weather it's mm. daylight savings and cold and dark and everything and it takes a lot for me to get out of my apartment to go to a mic or to a show. But I have to force myself sometimes because I never re- regret it when I do it. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, I get really anxious about it. So yeah. well, that's what I'm saying. Accountability, buddy. A bit I got accountability. you. We live close to each other. Yeah, we do. I'll pick you up. We can go or you can pick me up. doesn't matter. Either yeah. way. No, that's uh, great. I yeah. do need that. Community. Because Com- I, I do the same thing. I'll ditch out on mics just because like, my anxiety is... Um, mine is kind of backwards from everyone. Yeah. When I get on stage, if my first joke like hits hard, I have a panic attack. Really? Yeah. Or right away. Because you're right like, away. oh, they're God, they're listening to me. No, I. It's not even that. It's uh, it's oh my God, they're bullying me. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, they're making fun of me. Oh. And it's did, were you whole, bullied as a kid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my yeah. brain is still like it's getting to the point now where I get anxiety before going on stage. Sure. And I'm kind of excited about that, as weird as that sounds. Yeah. So, like, okay. I mean, using that, harnessing that yeah. and using it to your advantage yeah. is really hard to do. I haven't figured that out, I don't think. I'm becoming a normal comic. No, don't. <laughs> <laughs> My anxiety is no. almost right. Oh, uh, no, I totally understand what you mean by, because I was bullied as a kid, too. Yeah. Um, I hit puberty at, like, 11, which is, uh, like... There is no God. It's like, <laughs> like, it's like that's four horrible. years before. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. I mean, I was overweight and had acne and ugh, it just sucked. And um, I was made fun of for being fat and zitty and weird. And ugh, yeah, it's, it was just, awful. Just so, all the stuff. Yeah, all the things. And um, so I think and, I, and my humor really started coming out in junior high. So between sixth and seventh grade, like I switched schools to junior high and I had like gotten a little bit i'm only five two but i got a little bit taller and so the weight distributed properly and my skin kind of cleared up so i was like a decent looking 13 year old (laughs) and 
But I was still like I still think of myself as the 11 year old who is just ugh, bright eyed, bushy tailed, just doesn't even understand what's happening to her right now. Yeah. And I still think of myself physically as that person. So I I use my humor to deflect it when it could be that people th- see me like that, which I don't They don't. I don't look like that anymore at all. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I've been thinking about that, too, of like, what is this laughter? Why am I doing this? Why? Why do I feel like I need to? have people laugh at me yeah i need them i want them to laugh at the things i'm saying but not at me do you know what i mean yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly i think a lot of comics do that i have the control now exactly Yeah. yeah 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 and it's i mean it is powerful to be on stage and to have control and a microphone in your hand i mean inevitably like you're above the audience yeah physically hopefully and you hopefully yeah hopefully and yeah you have all their attention and it's terrifying yeah but it's i mean they're inevitably going to think you're cool because you're doing this well that's like one of the reasons why i love hosting shows is that i can go have a good set Mm -hmm. but by the end of the show no one will remember that i was even on the stage really even though technically you probably saw me more than most of the other people you don't like the accolades no i'm not a huge fan of it really i don't i feel weird when i get i feel good weird when yeah. I get them and I've learned to be to accept compliments because mm. that's can be really hard. Yeah. Because inevitably after a show, I start thinking about all the problems that I, you know, the bad things I did cause it could be better. Yeah. But when people and in the past, when people compliment me I'm like, oh, it wasn't that good, you know, like that kind of weird response. But now I'm just yeah. like, thanks. Thanks for coming. Um, but like I I was really depressed over Halloween and recently and yeah. I did a show and it went super well and then afterward I got compliments and this woman came up to me and she was like I don't know if you remember me but I I and I did remember her for sure yeah. I just haven't talked to her in a while and she was like I don't know if you remember me but I just think you're so cool and like I follow your Instagram and you have like your makeup just blows my mind and I just think you're this like the coolest person and she's so nervous and like it made me kind of uncomfortable like yeah. I hope she's not listening to this thank you for being a fan <laughs> but but it even that like didn't brighten me up do you know what I mean I was depressed and yeah it's interesting when you think the thing that's going to make you happy doesn't make you happy yeah like I so guess. all right so I'm going to talk about last night uh so last night we did our show at Goonies I hosted did a fine job hosting it you're supposed to be the machine keep the cogs turning that's what you do. You're the host. Mm-hmm. You run the show. No mm-hmm. big deal. You don't have to be the smartest one on the card. No, but it's you hard. You don't have to be the funniest yeah. one on the card. No, if you're you the don't. funniest one on the card, you're doing your job wrong. Really? Yeah. Oh, your well, goal is yeah. to make everyone else shine or like set up the room yeah. so that they can shine. I, I, know? S- I can see that, but there's no reason not to shine yourself. Yeah, I'm not going to throw my A material as a host. Really? No, no. I get my B or C material. And the only reason why is because like my A material is dark. Oh sure, you like, can't you y- can't bring up some dark stuff. Yeah, in five you, you to can't host ten minutes, as a yeah. dark comic. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I I know there's so much comedy in my in this whole thing that happened. Yeah, but it's too soon for me to like make it funny, like to really form <laughs> it into something funny. And plus, time plus tragedy equals comedy. Right, exactly. And it's hard. It's so tricky to bring up like suicidal ideations on stage because. Mm. 
not everybody suffers from it and knows at all what it's like and it's very uncomfortable for them yeah when people talk about it much less talk about it in the first like five minutes that you see them on stage so yeah. it's yeah yeah so i'm gonna have to think about it yeah like dark humor uh is different mm-hmm. like i told uh, a joke about my mom dying mm-hmm. like a week after she died mm. and it was the weirdest set i've ever had mm-hmm. because everyone was listening intently yeah everyone moved towards the stage it was an open mic oh. everyone moved towards the stage yeah and by the time I was done, everyone was like right at the stage. Really? It was super weird. What mic was that? Uh, it's no longer oh. around. Yeah, it, it's gone. Is it? <laughs> it was Death Day Team? Block. No, oh, it was Day okay. Block. Yeah, just a weird one that was. <laughs> but that was a fun mic. And yeah. That was like this weird moment, and that was like a, a change point for me because I was like, oh, yeah. I can talk about the things I want to. Yeah, I'm. I haven't said anything about it on stage yet. Yeah. But I, mean, I think about like you'll know when you're ready. huh? You'll know when you're ready. Yeah, that's just, true. You just get that like I want to talk about this. But mm-hmm. I also feel like I need solid punches for them. You know, I maybe know. not. It, when you're doing something like that, it's a story. You that's know? true. That's true. So, but I mean, like Tignataro went on, went on like right after her diagnosis and killed it. Yeah, you know, Live is amazing. Tignataro. Yeah, that's yeah. the Live album. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. It's I was amazing. like, her name is Tig, not yeah. Liv. What are you talking <laughs> Tig, about? Tig Nataro Liv. Uh, <laughs> people think it's live. It's Liv. Um, Actually? Yeah. 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 It's Liv. Yeah. Oh, it's not the same. It's like 27 minutes in. It's like right at the end. There's a part where she says something along the lines of, oh, is this, this is too depressing. Should I do some different jokes? And you hear this guy from the background yell, no, this is fucking beautiful. Oh. And it's, yeah. It like gives me goosebumps. Yeah, like little, t- I get little tears when yeah. I think about just like that, that sentence that was said back to her. Oh, so and great. then she closes with the B joke and it's so, it's, so good. she She's takes amazing. this just, just tough time that's happening to her now yeah. in the moment. Yeah. And then ends with a B joke and it's just, yeah. ugh, I think Tig's amazing. Some of the funniest comics are the ones who are so vulnerable and open and like, yeah, like her and Maria yeah real yeah very real real moments yeah it's great um yeah some of these things like i there's got to be something in that suicidal or suicide prevention call if anything it's a story it's yeah yeah, it's something you could share with people that's true and then like my therapist you know she's like are you thinking about killing yourself are you are you thinking about what did she say are you thinking about hurting yourself before i told her what Mm -hmm. happened are you thinking about hurting yourself? And I was like, no, I'm thinking about killing myself. I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> like, oh. I don't want to hurt myself. I want to kill myself. What are you talking about? What? It's so funny. It's dark. But, yeah. like, but it's funny, That's too. where you're at, too. Yeah. 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 There's other stuff, too. Like, when Casey... I don't want to bore you. I don't know. Okay. When Casey came to visit me, uh, there was the TV was on in the little, like, room, mm. and... uh. Everybody was, there were other people, like my parents were there and the doctor and people were chatting about the serious thing that's happening, right? And the TV is on and it's like a true crime show. And I love true crime stuff. Yeah. And um, the only people facing the TV were Casey and I. And it's this el- the scene where this woman is sitting on the edge of, the, of her bed with a gun to her head for like an extended amount of time. Like and I was long enough for you to notice and be like, this is this... Is this supposed to be on? Oh, no, I was. I thought it was so funny. Like I started giggling, and I looked over at 
Casey and he was looking at it too and he, we just started cracking up and they were like we're talking about your medication I was like Lauren look at the TV Ugh. again that, yeah that's you had to be there also pretty fun no I think that's funny yeah because it's right there in front of you and they're like we're gonna no these are your meds yeah. and you're like I, yeah. I don't know man there's like <laughs> We're here because for suicide watch, but like there's a lady with a gun in her I head know. right there. But the thing is, like, I immediately got better. It feels like from mm-hmm. from this perspective, like it wasn't that suicidal gesture was a huge cry for help. It wasn't. I mean, it's serious, obviously, but it wasn't. I didn't mean it, you know. Yeah. And I didn't think about suicide after that at all, and um. And so, like, my my coping mechanism is humor, uh, obviously, like so all comics, most, right? Yeah, most people. Yeah. And um, so I immediately started, like, making jokes about it. And my mom was not very happy about it. She's like, this is serious. And I was like, ah, is it? And she's like, yeah, yeah it is. And I was like, is it? And she's like, yes, it is. Like, fine. And it is. It is. I just can't, like, I don't know. It's hard to, to talk about it like it's a serious thing that happened to me because but it was. It was huge. Yeah, it's a very serious thing. But at the same point, you got to make the jokes. Like when my mom died, me and my sister were just like, this is way too soon. But we started just making dumb little jokes to yeah. ourselves. And we would just make these dumb little jokes. You have to. And we'd be laughing. And then my brother came over and he was like, not fucking cool, dude. Really? And I he was wasn't like, in Whoa. on it? No, he's, oh. my brother's a lot more serious. Okay. He takes a little bit. He's more reserved. Yeah. And, my sister and I have our mom's sense of humor, which is like dark and weird. Sure. And so she was like laughing with you. Yeah. Your mom yeah. was like somewhere laughing. Well, like, that was a yeah. good one, Andy. Yeah. When we got to her house, she had had true crimes on. Awesome. And they were just like on. Because she like died on a Sunday and they mm. found her on a Monday. Oh, no. The Monday happened to be 9-11. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, it's not funny. But it, no, I understand why funny. it's really funny. So I can be like, yeah, I lost my mom on 9-11. Oh my like, god! Oh my god! Like not that nine eleven. There's mo- the different one. Oh, she gave you such a gift for that. Right? Yeah, and a I really just, fucked and I, up horrible. And gift. I know that like that was her last thing that she did was like I've gotta <laughs> at least allow them to find humor because the whole story of her death is so funny. Have you talked about this? Yeah, on I, the I podcast? do it. I do it on a stage, or I do it on stage. I talk about it on the podcast every now and then. Okay. But like a one armed man found my mom. What? Yeah, the Meals on Wheels guy found my mom. One-armed man, bag of food in his hand, just stared at her. Another neighbor comes up in an indeterminate amount of time. I have no idea how long he was staring there. And she's like, hey, bud, what you... Oh, (laughs) no. Sees my mom and she's like... And he looks at her and he goes, I don't don't know what to do. Yeah. And she goes, put the food down. Yeah. Call 911. So he calls 911. Cops show up. They call my sister. They're like, hey... Are you so and so? She's like, yeah. They're like, all right, your mom's dead. Found some drugs on her. Oh we threw them away, or throw them away. You know, your mom's dead. Bye. Wow. So. Like the suicide prevention lady. Yeah, it was just like, all right, you got a dead mom. All right, yep, have a good one. This bye. This is my job. Bye. Yeah. See ya. I'm not gonna think about you at all after this. So we don't know. Like they obviously, uh, EM, uh, EMS shows up. Mm-hmm. They cart her away. We have no idea where she went. Four hours north. We have no idea where they take her. So we spent all of like Tuesday. So we find out on Monday. I drive up. I found out at work at like 1 p.m. And I'm just like, ah, my sister's calling. 
silence and then she sends me a message on facebook she's like you have to call me now i'm like oh shit mom's dead oh, and like you, you just i just knew oh, wow. like you just have like i had like a weird feeling yeah. for the last few months that it's just like my mom wasn't gonna yeah it just she things had, weren't gonna work out like drug issues and stuff drug issues and it she'd Health gotten issues. a lot better okay. uh, but yeah towards the end she was like it was weed where the drugs we found on her it wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like she was into all the meth or heroin sure. that's in northern minnesota right now yeah. Uh, or opiates she she did her run with that she got over she got over that stuff yeah but, you know we didn't know that we like find all this stuff and it it turns out to just everything keeps adding to the hilarity of it yeah and we just at the end of it looking back a year later i'm just like that was fucking funny it's cr- yeah it's like the funniest it's crazy thing how like i think it's so funny that i stopped hanging myself because i had a therapist appointment like i <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I look at my watch. Oh, gotta go. Like, like, oh, I would kill myself, but I gotta go talk about how I want to kill myself. Exactly. Like it's so hard to explain what's funny about that. Yeah, it's but to you, you're just like this was my illogical brain mm-hmm. telling me something that felt logical. Yeah. But wasn't logical. But wasn't. But wasn't it? Yeah. But it wasn't. Is, it's like yeah. It's like no. It. I mean, it is, but it's not. But it shouldn't be. Yeah, it's a yeah. brain fuck. It's that sure. whole. It's like, I don't think I've ever talked about this on the show, but uh, my partner, Michaela, mm-hmm. her cousins are her cousin on both sides of her family. What? So like her dad's cousin and her mom's cousin got married oh. and had kids. Totally normal. Yeah. They're not related at all. Right. But because her mom and dad had Michaela and Luke... Now those two are cousins with these cousins on both sides, That's so they're insane. like their third and first cousin, yeah. or something like that. It's just mind rattling to me. I but g- totally normal. Normal. Like should like yeah. technically very normal. Yeah, normal. <laughs> nothing wrong or incest not about it. Right. Just like the mental map is just all over the board, yeah. and it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. It fascinates me. Ugh, such weird stuff. Ugh, life is weird. Life is weird. I love it though. I know. I'm so glad uh, that I went through what I went through, to be honest. Yeah. What's like the highlight? What was like one <laughs> really good thing that you have to like take away that you think What's, about? What was your favorite part about your mental breakdown? <laughs> yeah, right. There's yeah. there's always one, yeah. right? You always no. like there's something that you just key into and you're yeah. like, this is the spot. Um, I would say comedy, discover like rediscovering comedy because in the past... Uh, I've thought about comedy as like, I don't know, uh, I don't know how I thought about it. I guess I didn't really think about, I don't know. I was, ve- I felt jealousy about other comics. I felt. Oh, that's normal though. It is normal, but I also felt like way super anxious about the comics watching me from the back of the room about what they are like thinking, oh, they've heard this joke about a thousand times. They're probably shitting on me with each other, you know, but then I watched the Gary Shandling documentary on HBO. Have you watched that? I've watched the first part, oh, yeah. not the second part. Oh, you're going to cry, son. Oh, I already cried. Yeah. yeah. You're going to cry even harder. Oh, I cry. So I cry at commercials where oh. the dad throws a ball to a daughter. <laughs> that's adorable. Not the son. I'm not like, the, that's normal. That's normal behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, duh. this the documentary really changed my perspective on comedy because mm. he went through a horrible car crash and that made him like realize like oh comedy is what i need to be doing in my life yeah and then he just went full tilt into it and his diaries 
you know, he's not talking about other comics. He's talking about himself and his journey and like, you know, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Don't waste your time thinking about other people and what they're doing. And it's so true. Like it totally made something click in my brain of like, no, this is my journey. Journey. We all have different styles. Like we all just happen to be doing the same thing, coming to the same places to do the same thing. Yeah. You know, but we're all doing our own thing at the same time. Yeah. It's I weird. I'm not here to impress you. Right. Like, and it, yeah, it'd be cool if you like what I do, but right. at the end of the day, you're not coming home with me. Right. And it's so liberating to not worry about comics who've been doing it for longer than me watching me or whatever, you know, or doing the same joke that I did 10 years ago or something. Yeah. Because it kills. I'm still going to do it, you know? Yeah. I mean, if it's working, yeah. do it. Not at an it open works. mic necessarily, but... Yeah, I mean, if it works, it works. Unless I'm panicking. Keep doing it. Bombing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, everybody has their game changer joke mm-hmm. where they brings their setback. Yeah. Mine is, this is literally the whole, I'll tell you the whole joke. Okay. It's, any, any dead moms out there? Anyone? <laughs> any, any dead moms? And ba- maybe two times out of the times I told it, someone will say, I have a dead mom. Are they, but how do they respond? Like, woo! No, <laughs> like no they, like, it's always like dead silence. Yeah. And I'm like, Yes, this is exactly what I want. Attention. And then I turn back and I look like I'm looking at my notes. I'm not. I'm just fucking around. And then I turn my head over my shoulder and I go, dead dads? (laughs) (laughs) And it always gets a laugh. And every now and then there's a person that'll be like, my dad's dead. And I'll be like, oh, man, that sucks. Mine's still alive. I can have a catch with him right now. And then the person is always like, oh, my God, I got God. Yeah. It's just like it's a little gaslight, sure. just a little. Yeah. And they always come up to me after the show, and we talk and we laugh about yeah. like how hard it is to lose a parent, right? And like that weird like little moment. Yeah. You're uh, allowed to talk about that. Yeah, that changes my set. If Absolutely. I want to change the speed of my set, if let's say I'm doing like whimsy stuff and yeah. I want to change the speed of my set real quick, I'll do that joke. That's great. That's fun. I need to. I did a set last night, um, opening for Jeff Fozer, who's super funny. Go oh check God, him out. Oh God, he's so good. He's so funny, and um. I kind of panicked because my parents were in the audience and that's, and like my that's aunt and terrifying. my parents were, yeah. And I mean, they are super supportive and everything, but it's still knowing that they're watching me. They give weird. off the energy of, they want you to do good and succeed. Yeah. So you like have this, I have to do good and succeed because my parents want me to. Yeah. Especially whenever I tell my dad, I have a set. He's like, is it pay? I'm like, no. And he's like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, it's smart. <laughs> It's like such a businessman thing I to say. Know. It's like it's Why a are business. you doing this? Because I need stage time. I gotta, you know, it's a craft. Mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, it is for sure. Oh yeah, you but, can't just get on stage and be good. But like going up there and proving to my dad that I'm actually good at this, and and it was great because afterward he hugged me and he was like, "You are, st- you're, uh, what does he call it? You're." Uh, <sighs> It was so meaningful to me. I memorized all of it. Right? No, he was like, <laughs> I remember the your part, and I love the rest. Right? No, he was. He just said like, your delivery is great, and I was like, oh, I was so nervous. And he's like, well, if that's you nervous, I mean, you're gonna be amazing when you're comfortable up there. I was like, oh, Dad, thank you. He's like, so all right, nice. well, give me a minute. I'm gonna go cry. I know. Uh, I bailed on my set at 16 minutes. I was supposed to do between 15 and 20, so I didn't yeah. technically you hit do the under. Yeah, but I was planning on 20 but the audience like my anxiety just got the best of me and i bailed at 16 
on my closer. I heard myself starting it, and I was like, what are you doing? In my head, I'm like, why are you doing this? You can't no. you can't do other jokes because it's just going to, you know, teeter out. Like, it's not going to peter. Peter out. Peter? Not teeter. Teeter? Teeter-totter out. I mean, I feel like you could probably use both. Yeah. Even if you, you think, you know, you throw all the weight right at the back. <laughs> but I, like, heard myself doing the joke, and I was like, oh, crap, I guess this is it. Can't oh, go back now. But I want to be... C- yeah, I don't know. I have another show tonight. Yeah. Uh, opening for Fozer again. So could be a tough night. Why? Brian Regan's in town. Oh crap! You're right. Yeah, the, you're we, right. he was in Rochester last night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we we suffered from the the Regan concert goers. Yeah. But then he showed up at Goonies. But also Rochester only has like two places to go see comedy. It's just one. It's just Goonies, and but then also they were him. playing at like the Civic Center. Right. Yeah, so yeah. they went out to do that. And it was him and Jackie Cation, mm-hmm. who is amazing. So good. She's so funny. Mm-hmm. Super nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and they came to our show after theirs. Which is so nice. Because what else is there to do in Rochester? Right. Let's be real. So uh, Brian but, Regan, he's amazing. Yeah. Jackie Cation, she's amazing. Look them both up. Support both of them. Go see them tonight. And by tonight, I mean Two weeks a ago. month ago. Hopefully <laughs> yeah. you listen to our advice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sage no. advice. Yeah. Well, hopefully they won't. I don't want to make this podcast way longer than it needs to be because we're just talking to each other now and not about my problems. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, comedy got you out. It did. Or at least it made them manageable. Yeah, it did because I'll keep talking about it. Because (laughs) the first time I went through such a terrible mental breakdown and I lost all this weight like six, seven years ago, my mom is very religious, Christian. And she was telling me things like, you're not praying enough. You're not close enough to God. That's why these horrible things seem to be happening. Like, that's why you're having such a difficult time in life. And I believed her because she's my mom and I, mm-hmm. she's my mom. And so I was just like praying hard, so hard and like hoping and going to church and not feeling comfortable at all there, but thinking like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's interesting that now I'm 32 then I was like 26 now I am like really thinking for myself I was like I know that praying and going to church is not going to help me this time around and but comedy did comedy is like my guiding light comedy is your church comedy is my church country song now the microphone is my crucifix that's terrible. Yeah, I couldn't think and of that. And not even funny. I'm not good at me- uh, metaphors. Like, I don't get them. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I don't know how to make them. I'm really good with similes. I understand <laughs> as or like. Sure. But when it comes to, like, painting an illusion, mm. to some, I can't do it. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't I mean, understand like, how they work. In comedy, I'm crucifying myself on stage. Ooh, that's on the a cross metaphor. That is the mic stand. Oh, that's dumb. <laughs> Who's gonna listen to this? Probably that guy that broke up with me. Hi. Um. <laughs> hey. God, it is so weird to learn from situations like this and be embarrassed, but also grateful that they happened. Yeah. You know, because I would love. I haven't talked to him since he broke up with me. But I w- would love to like sit down and talk to him and be like, so this is what was going on. This isn't, like, the norm for me, you yeah. know? Just have, like, a recap. Yeah, recap, but also, like, it wasn't you. I don't want you to think it was you that made this happen. I don't even know if he knows that I went to the hospital or anything. Yeah. I mean, 
We'll see. That was interesting. We'll see. We'll see. I'll text him later. We'll see. No, I deleted his number. Smart. Yeah. Oh, he keeps so liking my stuff on Instagram. Like, I, del- I deleted his number, unfollowed him on all the social medias. But he keeps liking my stuff. And I haven't talked to him since. And I don't understand what that's all about. Well, you are a uh, comedy, improv, makeup extraordinary. <sighs> Thank you, I guess. I mean, it's kind of... My friend says he's breadcrumbing or orbiting. Is it like leaving a trail back? Is like trying to just stick in my mind. So not be like in direct communication with me, but like stick in my... like. So I'll still think about him from time to time. What Like you're hmm. forced to think about somebody when you see that they liked stuff, right? Interesting. Bread so like crummy. keeping the door open for me. Huh. I don't know. These are all whatever. These are all terms that your friend made. Yeah, know. and I'm not like... <laughs> chomping at the bit or anything to yeah. like like text me get a hold of me oh. like he served his purpose in my life yeah god that sounds bad it but does you know what sound I mean. weird right it sounds yeah. sounds weird it sounds like nefarious it does he <laughs> served his purpose i used him no he t- i mean threw his husk away right no i was it sucks that it happened mm-hmm. but i'm grateful that it happened because i'm in a way better place i'm way healthier yeah like clear clear-headed and all that that's great maybe so. still not ready for any kind of relationship but working towards it yeah working yeah. toward it and you know what they wearing. they always say it'll happen when you least expect but that's it. what happened with him that's what happens no that's what happened with him is it came out of nowhere i didn't know him and he just came out of nowhere and i was like this guy is awesome and then we clicked and spoke the same language English? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We sp- but like well, you know French, too. I mean... And Spanish, yeah. But not and I, Spanish? And Spanish. I mean, I, I'm... that I can get by Are you, like, both, but toddler not. level? Yeah. More, fr- more French than Spanish. Nice. That's um, where my Italian is. It's yeah. just like, I'm so sorry. I fucked up. Yeah. Is this Where's beer? Where's the library? Is this bathroom? <laughs> yeah. Is this? Is this? Just <laughs> yeah. Questo, yeah. whatever. Questo, this? <laughs> yeah. This? This? Yep. Exactly. I'm a small child in mm-hmm. Italian. What is this? Yeah. No, I uh, forget what I was talking about. Uh, you're talking about uh, the gift. The gift. Oh, and that we spoke the same comedy language. We just got, we understood each other is what it felt yeah, like. And, like I, and I got way too excited. Way too excited, way too quickly. Scared him off. Understandably, I would be scared off too. Um, but, I mean, hopefully I can be his friend someday because we did get along. It was I'll great. start breadcrumbing him. No, I don't want to. It would still, it would, if I don't want to, I did so much work mm-hmm. in that quote unquote relationship. Like, I'm not going to put any effort in. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if he sense. wants to get a hold of me, he knows how. Yeah, yeah. But that makes sense. God, I hope he doesn't listen to this. You never know. If you share know. it on your if Instagram. If I put, exactly, and he'll like he'll it. He'll probably and, like and then it. He'll be like holy shit they're talking about me like yeah we were people are gonna hear this the whole time eric we were talking about you i don't know if that's his his name name. i just threw out a name it's a really common name but it's not eric oh damn it (laughs) (laughs) i know know. uh well i suppose let's uh let's put the wheels back on this little guy um let's wrap it up where can we find you oh well tonight two weeks ago i'm at (laughs) the corner bar with jeff poser um i think i'm show went great Show was amazing. Crowd yep, was killed it. Oh got my a, god! Got full a place. Special out of it. Oh god, it was so good. Gonna call it for the bees. Come see my show. You're gonna know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I, not comedy, but uh, December twelfth. I wanna say the second Friday in 
um, December, which is the 14th, um, I'm doing burlesque again. Oh, nice. I did burlesque earlier this summer. It's going to be to Weird Al because I love Weird Al. <laughs> and I, it's going to be to like a surgeon. So come oh. see me take my clothes off to Weird Al. That's super weird and funny. Yeah. So that's going to be at, I believe, Lush. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> obviously, I know I my think schedule. Are you on <laughs> December 2nd? Maybe. No, you're on the, you're on the 18th. Uh home run touchdown oh yes uh so four hours ago carolyn crushed at uh home run touchdown uh, <laughs> it was amazing it was super fun i couldn't believe it it was really fun that's the, the one i th- oh, was wow. talking about sports with right yeah that was okay. the one in the sports yeah you were cool. you were live announcing nonsensical sports yeah with my partner casey flesh yep oh. and we really killed it that one time that guy threw the ball yeah was oh yeah the commercials score real good score oh you're gonna and i was like he scored but i meant it in a sexual way and people laughed the tension built everyone mm-hmm. felt it and oh man the room erupted like, first down second down third down fourth it was down, the huh? sexiest room mm-hmm. i'd been in a long time yeah my parents were there <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> That's a callback to something I don't think I talked to you about on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, you talked about I the, mentioned the that I said the audience was sexy. Oh, and then I was no, like, yeah, not on the podcast. Oh, I was like, last night my folks were at the show, like I said, and I was like, oh, what a, what a sexy audience. My parents are here and got a real weird reaction. People were like, boo. It sounded Did they like a boo. boo. They didn't sound oh. like a boo, but I think it was more like a boo. Uh, like it was a really strange reaction. Like the the ooh that the crowd would do on Full House. Ooh. ooh. Yeah, something like that. Oh, that's awesome. But all collectively together. It was yeah. weird. Do you have a website uh, or an Instagram? I have two Instagrams. Yeah. I have one for my makeup, which is Memento Mori SFX MUA, and then one that is It's Carolyn Blomberg's IG. Nice. So. And I'll put a link to that. Cool. You can read the descriptions of the shows now. I just revamped that because cool. apparently I didn't realize they were important because I'm an idiot. Nah. Uh, but I fixed that on all the episodes on iTunes. You can follow back on any of the people. We've talked about Casey Flesh uh, a lot. He was on one of the episodes early on. Um, my really Worst Year. One. Yeah, really My good. Worst Year was his episode. It was great. Casey's awesome. Uh yeah, I think we're uh, we're wrapping it up. Cool. You can I find me on andymatfield.com. Um got a lot of cool shows and announcements coming up. So, uh look that up. Um uh, and other than that, uh yeah, you like, rate, comment, subscribe, share, group listen, uh text. <laughs> you know, it's a good podcast to listen to in the bath, I've been told. Really? Yeah. I it's to like it on the bus. soothing. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it's soothing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I tend not to listen to my own voice as much as I can avoid it. Uh-huh. Not because I like think that's not how I sound, but uh, I feel like it's nasally. Yeah, I think yeah. I do too. I'm like, no thanks. When I listen uh, back on my sets, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> that's what I am. Gross. <laughs> you know? uh, but thank you for having me. Thanks I hope for, this thanks for was coming helpful in. and good for you yeah. and others, maybe. I hope someone finds uh, some help with this, because that's the goal. Yeah. If you're... Can I do a little PSA? Hell yeah. Okay. If you're like feeling anxious, like don't don't just deal don't just deal with it on your own, because it's never gonna get better. I mean, yeah, you can go for runs or whatever if that helps you. But if you're having the most anxiety, like so much anxiety that you're losing 25 pounds, 
Like, you need help. Go get in. Go get a therapist. Change your meds around. Get on meds. Meds are good. A lot of people don't think meds are good and want to avoid them, but they don't fix you. They, like, clear the fog so that you can fix yourself. They level you out. Yeah, they level you out. Like, it takes away the the fog of depression and anxiety and, like, all those stupid thoughts that keep you from doing stuff and helps you get on with your life. Do what you want and to learn, be doing. Yeah, but, like, also learn coping skills and eventually you won't have to necessarily be on meds. Hopefully. You know, not everybody. But Depending. Some people need them. Absolutely. Yeah, brain chemistry is weird. Yeah, absolutely. In this uh, outpatient program, as we finish the show, let's keep going. I'll wrap up. But in the outpatient program, they had a pharmacist come and talk to us about meds and they don't fix your problems they just make the road clear for you to fix them figure out how to fix them yourself so eventually if you don't want to be on meds anymore you can get off them and know how to deal with these things that come up in your life depending on your problem you know depending on depending on what some some mental health things you need to be on medication like probably forever but not necessarily for depression and anxiety Awesome. Well, that's going to do it for uh, this episode of Hard Day Diaries. So, uh, as always, tell me about your hard days.